company is going to have a relationship with at least two members of the faculty in the college. They will have intimately participated with a team of students who are going to graduate very soon. And they have a solution that has even been validated to apply to their, their need. I've seen student projects that have improved ergonomics in an assembly station. I've seen uh, automation for a production system. I've even seen UAVs developed to clean off solar panels. We're not just talking about ideas, we're actually talking about prototypes. I think it's a, a really good opportunity for the companies. From Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana, it's Techies Today, the Purdue Polytechnic Podcast. I'm John O. Here in Purdue Polytechnic, our curriculum is organized around learning by doing. Students learn the theories behind the science, and then they apply what they learn by researching, designing, and delivering solutions to partners in industry and the community. Before graduating, students participate in internships, co-ops, capstone projects, or other workforce-like activities as part of their plans of study. And because gaining real-world experience is not merely suggested, but required for our students, we work to provide opportunities for them to create mutually beneficial relationships with partners in industry. Mike Rakowski is our Director of Industry Relations. He works with companies to learn about their problems and to help them see how our students can help solve them. Mike tells us about the Tech Expo. It's a public event where students demonstrate the solutions they create over two semesters while working closely with partner companies. And we'll hear how Mike has found other ways to connect with students during his 25 years at Purdue, including becoming coach of the Purdue Rifle Team and taking over the role as orator for Purdue's commencement ceremonies. Here's my visit with Mike Rakowski. So I grew up in Illinois. I graduated high school and moved to San Diego, California. I worked in a diesel fuel shop while starting to attend Grossmont College there in San Diego, studying business. I started to uh, intern with the America's Cup Organizing Committee. And as that would suggest, I did a lot of sailing, a lot of boating, fishing and scuba diving. I did return to the Midwest to finish my bachelor's degree at Purdue University. And uh, I went to, I ran two U.S. congressional races, worked for the clerk of courts in the role as the role of attorneys for the state of Indiana. And while I was there, I met an attorney who suggested to, for me to stop my commute to Indianapolis every day. And he convinced me to come and work at Purdue. What was his pitch to, to get you to stop that commute to Indianapolis and, and become a Boilermaker employee? Well, he knew that I was an alum and was very excited to, that I was still living in West Lafayette. And we had a couple of engagements uh, between us, and he thought I would be, well, work well in his office. So that's how he wanted me to come over. And it was in the winter, so the commute wasn't all that great. So <laughs> it was pretty easy to get me there. I'll bet. During your early years at Purdue, you worked in the food science department. And I know that one of your roles in that job was to build connections with industry partners. And that sounds similar to the role that you have today here in the Polytechnic. So my question for you is, how did you first discover that you had 
a talent for creating new business relationships. So yeah, you're right. The job that I'm doing now is very, very similar to what I was doing in the Department of Food Science. And it was there where I learned, I like, enjoyed learning what the faculty are doing and what research they are pursuing. And then meeting with the companies and find out how they're putting that into practice. And I really have enjoyed that. And it was through those interactions with Kroger, Cargill, Interfab, Scholey, uh, where I really realized the value of being trustworthy, professional, being a network agent, and really just being a good listener. Those relationships that I created and generated back then are still around today, although they're much more casual now. Uh, <laughs> companies hear a lot about Purdue. I really want to hear about the companies and what their challenges are and how the college can satisfy their needs. So Mike, you coordinate co-ops and internships, as we mentioned, for engineering technology and for our TLI department. I wonder if you could tell us What's the difference between co-ops and internships? And what's your process for working with companies to find what they need and connect them with our students who are looking for those opportunities? So even at Purdue, there's a few intricacies between the definitions of those two. Internship is defined as a singular experience. A student will go to an internship in the summer and maybe it'll be a summer and an adjoining semester. So they may go summer and fall or the spring and then the summer and then come back to Purdue. That's the definition of an internship. The co-op is really multiple trips where the student will go to the company for a semester and a summer maybe and then come back to Purdue and then go back to the company and that'll happen a couple of different times. So that's really what the definition of a co-op is. It, Co-ops are also done through the Office of Professional Practice. Um, I'm always suggesting to companies that if they're looking for co-ops to please go there. There's a, a few terms and conditions that Purdue has uh, there in that office that the company has to agree to to ensure that the student has a stable and an enjoyable time there at the company. And so how do you identify companies that are looking for the skills that our students have just while they're still college students? Well, every student, as you're aware, every student in the Polytechnic Institute, they have to put theory into practice through these experiential learning or real-world experiences. A requirement for students to get that experience is before they graduate. So there's a lot of students that are looking for those experiences. With the companies, right now there's a fairly significant shortage of employees in the companies that are going out there. So it's really right now the companies are coming to us and asking, we're looking for an intern, we're looking for, as some will put it, a temporary employee. But the companies really aren't seeing that as a temporary employee. They're really looking at that as a test drive of that student to make sure that they're going to be someone that they're going to want to hire full time after they graduate. Companies are talking about talent pipelines. This is really where it's, this is, is going right now is companies that really are looking for our alums, are, they really need to have an internship program with us as well. So the labor shortage, especially that we've seen in the wake of the pandemic, is actually, in a manner of speaking, a good thing for finding co-op and internship opportunities for our students. Yes, that's correct. It's not just about the internships and the co-ops. It's really that the students go away and they come back really excited about the experience that they had with the company and what they, they're excited with what they learned while they were there. That's a really good sign for the company because that student, when they come back from that internship, they will then tell all the other students about their experience. And it really starts to create a corporate brand 
to the student body and the faculty members who were hearing what happened while they were there. And it's all so valuable for a company. So you mentioned both hands-on experiences during coursework and real-world experiences. Both of these are hallmarks of the polytechnic style of education, and they're both integral to all of our majors within the college. But there's another way besides co-ops and internships that they get hands-on work and real-world connections, and that's capstones, right? Usually during senior year, but what is a capstone project? So a capstone project is a two-semester multidisciplinary project that is brought to us by a third party, a company client. They will bring a real-world challenge for that student group to solve. Like the real world, or like any industry experience, there will be multiple majors and disciplines that will participate on the team. You won't have just mechanical engineering technology students. Usually you'll have supply chain and other issues that will come up that need to be addressed. Each group also gets a mentor, a faculty mentor, who will work with the students and work with the client company to ensure that where they're headed is a solution that the company would be able to use and be appreciative of. In addition, that company gets to know that faculty member fairly well. They also get to know, uh, they get to work intimately with the student group on average about 15 minutes a week. And if a company is looking to try and create a brand between the faculty and the student body, there's no better way to do that except in this one activity. So it's not just about coming up with a new idea for a product or solution on your own, although certainly many of our students have entrepreneurial ideas in their head. It's really focused on looking at your industry sponsor's needs and coming up with a solution to their needs, right? Why is it important for our students to work so directly with industry partners? Well, along with the multidisciplinary team aspect that the students will get with that experience of facing their demands, and variables that they don't have to address in most classes, right? So they're gonna have to have supply chain pressures maybe, profit margin pressures coming in under a budget. All of those lessons are are invaluable skills and the companies that they're working with will bring that to them to make sure that that end product is something that will meet all of the criteria that the company will bring into play. So what practical benefits do our industry partners get from sponsoring our student capstone projects? Well, at the end of the project, a company is going to have a relationship with at least two members of the faculty in the college. They will have intimately participated with a team of students who are going to graduate very soon. The sophomores, juniors will in the college will have heard about the projects, they will have seen the projects, and so they will have heard about the company. Again, it's about that brand, that company brand, that group of people. And they have a solution that has even been validated to apply to their their need. Uh, I don't want to be too long here, but I've seen student projects that have improved ergonomics in an assembly station. I've seen new production line proposals. I've seen automation for a production system. I've even seen UAVs develop to clean off solar panels. Unmanned aerial vehicles? Yes, an unmanned aerial vehicle. So we're not, like I said, we're not just talking about ideas. We're actually talking about prototypes. Yes, the company could just assign somebody to do that task, but with all of the other attributes that you're going to get from interacting through this capstone project, I think it's a a really good opportunity for the companies. So our students and industry sponsors are doing a lot of great work together, coming up with these solutions to 
the real world problems that the companies have. And some of these solutions are so innovative that our students come up with are so innovative and so cool that you thought maybe the general public would like to see what our students are coming up with. This, I believe, was how you came up with the Purdue Polytechnic Tech Expo. What's the Tech Expo? So at the end of previous capstone classes, the students would all be set up and the companies would come through and they would allow the companies to help grade their, their project. And they still get to do that. And that's still an integral part of the whole learning process. What the Tech Expo has really done is to formalize the end of the project to be more like a conference presentation and demonstration of their unique solution and, and to show off their prototype. How the team approached the problem and showcasing their unique solution, not only to the company, but all of the companies that are sponsoring capstones. And then the Tech Expo goes even further by and bringing in the general public. So we have companies that are interested in, in wanting to understand what is the Polytechnic about? What can the students do? What are the capabilities of the students? So we have a lot of companies, not just the capstone sponsors, that then come to the event as well. We have a lot of parents, juniors and sophomores, again, from the college will come over and see the event. And ironically, even, uh, Every college at Purdue University has had somebody that's come in and uh, come through the, come through the event as well. So it's it's where everybody is kind of seeing the students and seeing their unique solutions to a real world problem. It really highlights what our students can do, but it's multidisciplinary as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's that's great. So how has the Tech Expo evolved over the last few years, and and where do you want to go with it in the future? Well, obviously, the first big change was creating a virtual event for the teams and the sponsors to attend. That was actually done out of necessity. I can't say it was not done uh, with a little bit of pain. The students really hadn't done much with that in that virtual world. And I really like seeing people anyway. That's, that's my personality and my job. The second time that they did the virtual Tech Expo, it actually worked out really well. The students had much more experience with it. And we discovered that some of the sponsors that are on the other side of the country or that are on the other side of the globe, this is a way for them to see the presentations. Because if they're, if they're on the other side of the world, they're unable to come to that event, even at the end of the classroom that we've had in the past. But now we have a virtual component. They can participate, see their, their product and the demonstration of their product and their solution and rate the, rate the students. And so that's really where we've been going with that. This year, we will have a real world, so everybody, the doors will be open, we'll have people there, but we will also maintain that virtual presence for those, the people that can't make it. But we're also ha have included a second Tech Expo event. So the capstones start in the fall and go two semesters, which ends in the spring, and some we have that start in the spring and they end in the fall. So we've got the December graduates. It's a smaller group, but we have December projects that we'll have a Tech Expo for, and then that'll be followed by the much larger one in the spring. That's a great way to expand it, to be able to give those December grads something right at the end of their project to be able to showcase their work. Yeah, and in food science, I used to go to conferences where the, at the conference they would have student projects and student presentations, but there was also a big trade show component with it. 
I'd really like to see the Tech Expo allow that type of a component so that our sponsors can see it as a way to network with each other as a, in a trade show format, bring other companies in as well. But I don't think we're there just yet. But that's in the future. So we've talked a lot now about students working with industry sponsors, but I imagine that there's actually a, multiple sets of people at each of our partner companies that we end up working with. You might talk with certain people in the administration of a company to say, hey, we're Purdue, we are the Polytechnic at Purdue, and we have students who have this expertise that can help you solve real world problems. But those may not be the same people in those companies who actually interface with the students during their project work. Is that correct? So the answer is yes. Very much like a real world scenario. As a project evolves, different stakeholders inside the company may actually have to participate and make comments or change the direction of the project, even if it has to be that way. So depending on the project, they may be working mostly with the production line supervisor. And then something may ha happen and the QA, the head of QA may need to come in or, and participate in some way or, or form. And then after that, somebody from supply chain may need to come in and say, well, that's really not part of what we're doing. Or So yes, it's definitely a real world project that's going on inside the company. You bring in different stakeholders as, it's, as the project unfolds. Some of our industry partners, I'm sure, are local, nearby Purdue, or within an hour or three around the state of Indiana, but you also said some are across the country, some are even around the world. How do our students interface with their industry representatives when they're not nearby? So the answer to that is kind of, the, it's still that virtual answer that uh, the students have been learning since 2019, right? Since everything changed in 2019, uh, but they were doing it before then. I can't say that that is the first time that that happened. They've always used some sort of video conferencing for a company or a representative that's even across town and they can't make it over for a meeting, which that's absolutely fine. As long as they have the meeting and they're doing it in a virtual setting, absolutely acceptable. So whether they're whether the company is in Lafayette instead of West Lafayette, whether the company is at uh, in California or whether the company is in Australia, doesn't make a difference. It's the same way. the The virtual technologies really moved forward very well over the last years, and uh, it's really pretty smooth now. And that's an important skill for today's students to have and learn. How often throughout the course of a two semester project do they meet with their industry? Mentors. The industry mentors spend on average about 15 minutes a week with the teams. There will be some weeks where there'll be a one hour meeting where the, the, the company mentor will have to really participate to get their idea and the limitations and the variables that the students are going to be facing. There are times when the students are out validating their project or their ideas, and they won't need to talk to the company at all. So it, we've really measured it out. The faculty member, Fred Berry, and I, we've measured that out. It's about 15 minutes a week for a, the company rep to participate with the students. Companies that haven't as yet worked with us, they could come to a tech expo and kind of see samples of student projects and, and meet with you. Or I assume they could contact you if they think, hey, wait, we've got a project that maybe those faculty and students in Purdue Polytechnic could help us come up with a solution. Yeah, that's what's been happening over the last few, last several weeks or months is us, me, calling companies that have not had 
or participated in the capstone program and sending the catalog which has a description of the the projects in years past trying to get the companies to kind of think about where what they could use how the capstone project could benefit them our guest is mike rakowski director of industry engagement here in purdue polytechnic and in your couple of decades on campus in addition to your day job you have found other ways to connect with uh, students on campus. There's a club sport on campus called the Purdue Rifle Team that you are now very involved with, and I believe you're now the head coach. Can you tell us about how you first got involved with the rifle team? So I was on a rifle team years ago. One of my team members was actually the coach of the the group here, and he asked if I wanted to be the, the advisor for the program, and so I did that, and I started that in 2012. He retired in 2018, and uh, over those years, I've learned about the sport, uh, learned the intricacies of what it takes to be a program like that is. The Purdue Rifle Team is a top 10 club program each year, so they qualify for their nationals competition to see how they rank with the other club teams. 2016, they finished second. We're usually, we were, we usually finish in that, between that fourth and sixth place team. And I'm very proud of the fact that being the new coach and the transition, we really didn't have a drop off in where the team finishes each year. Does a student have to have any experience with that particular sport to first join the rifle team? How do they get started? So the answer is no, they don't have to have any of that ex- any experience, but it certainly does help that they've had competitive experience either in 4-H or some other program. There's some high schools and junior ROTC competition teams out there, and we get a lot of those types of students that want to try out for the team and that they, they compete with us. The distances aren't far. We're only we're shooting small bore and we're shooting air rifles, so the distances aren't very small. But the targets are a little bigger than a quarter, and there's nine rings inside that quarter. So you can get a zero by nicking the edge of that quarter, or you can get a ten by hitting the dead center of that quarter. So experience is preferred, but we've certainly had team members, scoring team members, that had never shot a gun before. You added another unique role to your resume not very long ago when our friend Mike Piggott retired. He was Purdue's Director of Community Relations, and he was also for many years the orator who announces the names of graduating students during every Purdue commencement ceremony. And I believe it was just about a year ago that it was announced that you would be Purdue's next commencement orator. How did that happen? Can you tell us the story? So out of outstanding relationships, things just keep moving along, right? So a faculty member in food science had gone to Mike Piggott and said, you know, you're really good at this, but if you ever thinking of retiring, there was a guy that used to work in our department that had created awards. He read citations and was really good at it. And I think he would make a really good replacement if that time or when that time came and it just so happened mike was considering retiring at that point and so they took my name down i had a virtual meeting with mike piggott and chris pass from the registrar's office and obviously things went really well in that that meeting and next thing i know i was on stage with mike piggott shadowing him through a commencement ceremony last august So what's the process like? Can you give us a little behind the scenes of how you prepare for each commencement weekend? Well, unfortunately, each ceremony is really 
close to some aspect of my job that is uh, really important. And so the preparations are really just me. I hole up in a, in, at my house at home and in the evenings and on weekends and just get to work on trying to prepare the, whatever I need to to understand what's going to happen, whether it's a citation, whether it's a series of names. There is nothing exciting going on behind the curtain. The one challenge that I do have to say is if you've ever been to a Purdue graduation ceremony, it is really something. It's it's really over the top. I think Purdue does their graduations phenomenally well compared to most everybody else. Because I feel that way, I certainly don't want to be the weak peg in, in, the, in the event. So uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself to, to try and make sure that everybody has a great time and every student that is coming across, I'm try, I do try my hardest to ensure that I'm getting that name spot on accurate. And then I just have to get over my own issues with being a part of the whole pomp and circumstance of the event. Usually three days before the event, I'm starting to fall apart at the seams. But as soon as the master of the ceremonies comes onto the, the stage on Elliot Hall, I feel much more relaxed and much more calm and ready to perform. But it's that, that run up to it that really gets me up uptight. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand that you recently had the privilege of announcing during commencement the name of one of your own family members as a new Purdue graduate. How meaningful was that? You know, the, as an alum, as a Purdue alum myself, you're always hoping that your children will, will follow in your footsteps to some degree. And, and it was a, the most very, very proudest moment of my life, being able to have our son, Robert, come up to the stage and for me to be able to announce his name on there. He's very emotional. I'm very emotional. And so we didn't want to make too much about it. But really, it is a very special thing to, to be able to say your son's name as they're getting their degree from your alma mater. It's, it was very, very special. Did the people around you who you're working with on the commencement team, especially up there on stage around you, know about this connection as it was happening? So I had told them beforehand, the last commencement ceremony that Mike Piggott did, he actually announced his grandchild, their name. And so I understood that, yes, I need to make sure that, that the people that are running the ceremony will, are aware that this is, this is going to happen. And so I let everybody know that, yes, in the Polytechnic Institute, my son will be graduating and he's going to come up. And we talked to the, the photographers and we had it set up so that we did a nice fist bump as he came across the stage. And that was... It was pretty special. What was Robert's major? Game design and development in computer graphics technology. Fantastic. Well, congratulations to you and Robert and your whole family for getting to share that moment on stage. It, it was special. So you've been here at Purdue for 25 years, if I counted correctly. Why do you still like Purdue? What inspires and motivates you about being here at Purdue? It's really simple. It's one thing. Students. The very first time and the first several years that I was here on campus, which was, like you said, it was 25 years ago. In the fall, the students bring a palpable amount of electricity when they show up on campus. And it happens every year, you can feel it. It's just an ex exhilarating experience when all of the students come back onto campus. Being a part of the, as coach of the rifle team, I see the kids as they come through as a freshman and then they mature into 
into seniors and understanding their own way in the world. I see, get to see the students and work with the students that are doing internships. So yes, it's the students that are really keeps me coming to Purdue every day. Mike Rakowski, Purdue Polytechnic's Director of Industry Relations. On our website, learn more about the Tech Expo and explore dozens of capstone projects that our students presented in recent years, each one created as a solution to a real-world challenge from an industry partner. And speaking of partnerships with industry, the Polytechnic can help meet your business needs through research projects, workforce development, opportunities for corporate sponsorships, capstone projects with our students, and career fairs to meet your company's next generation of innovators and problem solvers. Learn about partnering with Purdue Polytechnic by going online to polytechnic.purdue.edu slash techies today. Look for the hot links under episode 17. Coming up, we will learn about the Teaching Excellence Collaborative from professors Abrar Hamoud and Greg Stremmel. That's next. Techies Today is produced at Purdue University in Purdue Polytechnic's Office of Marketing Communications. The college is on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at TechPurdue. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Techies Today and send us email techiestoday at purdue.edu. Our executive producer is Melissa Templeton. I'm John O, the podcast's editor and producer. Thanks for listening. That's what's happening for Techies Today.